I get asked this question a lot during my work. How can you unconsciously make better decisions by designing your environment? And I always say that this book is the answer. So what's different about this decision-making book is that the focus is on the environment design rather than one's strength, willpower, talent, etc. So this leads to choice architecture, and let's discuss that today. Hi, I'm Day, and you're listening to the Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. Today we'll be discussing Nudge by Richard Thaler and Cass Sunstein. Here are the three takeaways from this book. One, since the title of the book is Nudge, a nudge is a subtle cues, tiny hints, or context change that pushes you to make a certain decision without forcing yourself to do so. Two, speaking of nudges, the most powerful nudge is the default. Three, when teams use nudges well, they can improve the organization. Let's go straight to takeaway number one. A nudge is a subtle cue, tiny hint, or context change that pushes you to make a certain decision without forcing yourself to do so. So think about the time when a friend asked you to go out but you didn't want to, but that friend somehow convinced you to go and you end up having a really good time. That's pretty much a nudge in action. So let's break it down. A nudge is a very small action or change in the environment, like we said, and it has to make it easier for you to make the decision that is best for you. For example, if the cafeteria puts fruits next to the registrar and not the chocolates, let's say they always put bananas there, then you'd actually eat more bananas simply because they're easier to pick up and it's just there. Another example is when fast food restaurants ask you to upgrade or ask you if you want a peach mango pie, which always happens. Those are simple everyday examples of a nudge. And we are being nudged all day, sometimes towards good things, sometimes towards bad. It really depends on what you are trying to achieve. The good thing is that we can actually design our environment so that more good nudges would happen. Here is a personal example of mine that I mentioned in the previous episode that I always use large analog visual timers when I'm at work, making me very intentional about my time. I also use the focus mode on my phone to restrict access to apps that I don't need to check when I am doing deep work. Another example that I can give is that I place ingredients on a certain shelf inside my ref so that I make sure that I use and consume them within three days. So yeah, you really just design your environment so that you'll be able to do things naturally. Let's now go on to takeaway number two. The most powerful nudge is the default. It's all about designing situations where decisions need to be made in a way that if you decide automatically, you naturally make the right choice. A very good example is Gmail. So when you type on Gmail something like, please see attach file and try to send the email without even attaching the file, a prompt will come up and say, did you want to send an attachment with this? Something like that. And it saves you time, potential frustration and embarrassment. This is what the book calls a default. Default nudges are set up in a way that if you don't do anything, you still need to do the right thing by design. Let's try to put it into an organizational context, specifically to HR. Let's say your company has a retirement plan program, but most of the employees don't avail of it since they have to actively do it themselves or register themselves. So what can be done is automatically enrolling employees for the retirement plan program during onboarding unless they object to participate. This is why subscription models automatically renew your subscription and some companies even abuse this model. But the point is that they do this so that you can either have the convenience of using their service continuously 
or use the service since you feel that your money will go to waste if you don't use it since you've already paid. This is why nudges are very powerful. It can work for you or it can work against you. Let's now go on to takeaway number three. When teams use nudges well, they can improve the organization as a whole. So if the majority of the team members make good decisions, of course the organization grows. And the opposite is true too. If the majority make bad decisions, then the organization falters. Here are actual examples that I've used in my practice before. For example, manual workers used to extend their hours of work because they wanted to get the extra overtime pay. So what was done was that additional pay was implemented if they get to finish their work on time with the required standards of quality. This actually reduced the man hours and the turnaround time for output that translated into more sales and less overworking. Another example is a simple penalty program for being late or saying bad words. And at the end of the month, the money is used for a team lunch or dinner. An obvious example during the time of COVID also is placing hand sanitizers in the entrance and the desks of the offices so that people can constantly sanitize their hands. For some companies, they actually played a tune right before the break ended to remind people to wash their hands with soap. So I'm pretty sure you can find a lot more examples in your own environment. So hopefully this has inspired you to create your own little nudges and design the environment the way you want it to be. So those were the three takeaways. One, a nudge is a subtle cue, tiny hints, or context change that pushes you to make a certain decision without forcing yourself to do so. Two, speaking of nudges, the most powerful nudge is the default. Three, when teams use nudges well, they can improve the organization. Having a morning routine is important for productivity as we all know, so try this actionable. What are the things that you want to get done in the morning? Try to pinpoint it and design your environment around it. Do you want to eat more fruits? Do you want to exercise more? Those are all things that you can do consistently when you design your environment well. I always wanted to start out understanding and listing down the most important things I have to do before I start the day. So to design my environment, I open my notebook to a fresh new page and place it on my desk with a pen so that as soon as I wake up, I can prioritize things and have an idea of how my day will go. Of course, that's how I like my things, but it might be very different for you. So try to figure it out. By the way, like I always say, the book has so much more to offer, such as more detailed information on how you can use these nudges to achieve goals or how companies can use or abuse our susceptibility to nudges. And I can recommend this book to anyone who wants to get things done, especially for those who say that their skills or willpower just doesn't cooperate since the focus is not on the person, but on the environment. So yeah, share this with someone who you think can benefit from this. And that was a quick discussion on Nudge by Richard Fowler and Cass Sunstein. Till the next episode, thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment.